Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. So Tori and I were uh, in the car the other day, and um, I forget how it came about, but she was she was reading me this person's. Actually, I think it was yesterday. They're running together, guys. The days they just. Um, but she was reading this person's LinkedIn profile, you know, and I, I'm not on LinkedIn, so don't try to find me there. Um, but she was reading me this person's profile, and I was just thinking about it because it kind of goes in with this message that, you know, this person was saying about who they are, what they have done, what they want to do, what they can do, and I do all this stuff and that stuff, and look how smart I am, and all these, you know, whatever, these things that I do. And I was thinking about that, like, that so much, we've, we've have it ingrained to us that we have to show people what we can do, like what I can do, like I have to post on, you know, somewhere, anywhere, and say, I did this. And I'm not saying that all that is bad, but it goes to my point of what are we focusing on and who are we giving the credit to, okay? But we like to talk about what we have done and what we can do. And in Romans 1, starting in verse 1, says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scripture regarding his son, who as to this earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith, from his name's sake, for his name's sake. And I was thinking about this, and Paul is like starting out this letter, right, to, to these people, to these church people, and saying, I want to tell you not about what I've done, because that doesn't matter, and we'll see more of that later. Because that does not matter. What I want to tell you about is, yeah, it has something to do with me, but I want to tell you about what God has done and who he is. He says, Paul, a servant, I want to tell you that I have been bought. There was a price that was paid for my life, and now I belong to Christ. I belong to him. It's not anything that I did, but everything that he did for me and, and, and purchased me. This crazy sinner guy living a bad life that he purchased me, and now I'm a servant of him. And not only that, he says, yes, I'm an apostle, but he's like, I was called to be an apostle. Not like, look what I attained or what I did. But somehow, like 
you know, if it was me, I'm, I'm just trying to read his mind as he's saying this. He's like, he's like, I'm a servant of Christ. I've been bought. Christ paid the price for me so that I could come into this family and be a part of what he's doing. And also, somehow he drugged this silly old me along and pulled me up out of the gutter and raised me up and somehow gave my legs strength so that I could actually be an apostle. I'm pretty sure that's what he was meaning. You know? Because, I mean, you see it in, in other places where he's writing. It's just like, he dragged me out of the ditch and somehow allowed me to do this thing that he's called me to do. So not all that, I've been set apart. I didn't set myself apart, but I've been set apart. He gone and done it, you know, like he did it. I didn't, he pulled me out of that mess. He took me away and set me somewhere different than I was living before. He set me apart. And then he just talks about Jesus and, 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 and who he is. And now then he's going to relate this to those that he's speaking. He says, through him, through Jesus and what he did on the cross, through him, we receive grace. And this apostleship, he says, this, this apostle, this thing that we've been called to, that I've been called to, it's only by grace. And why have we been called to this? But for his namesake. Not for my namesake. Like too many times we want our name up in lights, you know? Like, it's not about putting our name up in lights. It's about putting his name, right? We want to be on the marquee. And Jesus says, get your own marquee. A little tiny one, you know? A little bitty thing down here. That's all we could even afford. But God does it. First Timothy 1. In verse 12, it says, And thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. I, I, I just love this. Because it's really just trying to tear down our own beliefs and what we think we can do. I, if we really get it. Because I, I don't know that many times we do. And thank you, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus, who has enabled me. He, he's allowed me and enabled me. He, he's the reason that I can do this because He counted me faithful, putting me into, He put me here. Somehow, He counted me faithful, and it's because of Him that He counted me faithful. And not only that, He put me here. I don't know if you guys, you guys, I'm just trying to drive this thing home because I think it needs to be driven home. You know what? If, yeah, hmm, okay. So, <laughs> I feel like that 
too many times, we the church, I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately, but the Christians are like, oh yeah, God did this, God, he's so good, and then we live our life completely different. We live it for ourselves, we live it thinking that we did something. And I feel like we just need to be slapped across the face a couple times, you know? It says, he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He put me here. But here's what I was. I love this. I'm, I'm adding some words here, but it says, but here, here's what I was, if you want to know. I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. You want to know who I am? I'm a mess. I've screwed it up. I did all the things wrong, but somehow, but somehow, he says, somehow. And the how is God and Christ and what he did. He says, I obtained mercy. In verse 14, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundantly with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of who I am the chief. I love this. I love, I, you know what? I love this guy. Yeah. I love this guy. I've seen too many people saying, like, oh, man. Get. Hmm. There's too many people on Instagram Saying, you need to follow me because I, I, God's, you know, done this thing in my life. Or, I, you know, look at this, look at this, look at this. And then their life is lived out completely different. And finally you see and something comes out. And then all of a sudden, there's this realization that, that they haven't been living their life right all along. But then you got, I love this. I, Christ came to save sinners. Too many people calling people sinners and not thinking that they're the chief of them. See, I, pastor should be standing up here saying, I'm a mess. I need God. He did something in me and somehow brought me up here because I couldn't do it. And look, you know, Grandma said, he's like, he was this little kid. And most of the people that know me are shocked that I am standing right here. They're laughing because they know they know. 
Because I was the one sitting in the back and didn't talk and didn't do anything and didn't want to talk. And somebody come and talk to me and I'd be like, yep, that's about what you got. I was the one who was so quiet and so down that, you know, people were thinking like, oh, you're, you know, we're going to pray for you, you know, I think maybe there's some depression in you and there's some this and that and maybe, you know, you're going the wrong direction. I'm like, no, I'm just not going to talk to you. (laughs) (sighs) But we need to realize that that we're sinners, that we need help. I think that's the problem is people forget. I'm not just talking about pastors. I'm talking about all of us. We forget that we need help. When things are going good, we forget that we've been called, that we've been set apart, that we've been lifted up out of the gutter, and somehow we say, like, oh, look where I am. It's like, you didn't get yourself there, sucker. Just don't... you. You know, it's like, you know, when your parents, when you're a kid, it's like, I brought you into this world, I'll take you out. <laughs> you didn't get yourself there. You better watch out. Somebody's going to take you out. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Romans 1. In verse 6, going back to Romans 1, he says, speaking out to the people now, and you also are among the Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. And he's saying, listen, I share with you that It wasn't me that did something, and it wasn't me, like, anything that I could do that put me in this place to speak to you, but it was God, and He set me apart. He called me into this place of apostleship, and and so now I'm here, and, 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 and like, it's only Him that I can speak to you, but I want to tell you something. He's, He's got the same thing for you to be called out. To be called out of where you once were. To be set up and set apart. To be different than you were before. Why? Because you're loved. Because he loved you. He loved you so much that he called you. skip down a little bit. This this word called is interesting because it means to be to be called or invited like to a to a banquet. And when he says you've been called, he says you've been invited. 
There's an invitation that's been sent out. You know when you get a, an invitation, which, you know, this might not be the case most of the time, but you have to know the directions to get to the place that you're supposed to go. Too many times we think that we know better about how we're supposed to get there or where we're supposed to go, but God has sent this invitation to us. He has called us and said, here's the invitation. This isn't like a party you can just crash. You know? Like people like to crash parties. Cra crash like wedding receptions or, or parties. Well, who was it that somebody I was with was like, oh, we should go crash that party. Like not too long ago. I don't know. There's just been so much. But anyway. But you got to know how to get there. And too many times we think we know how to get there. We want to go our direction. We were in the car driving and uh, Tori pulled up the directions and I, I don't know if you're like me, but, but when I'm driving, like I like to look at the directions to like see the whole thing put out like this turn, that turn, that turn. And it's almost like in my brain anyway, so now I don't really even need to look at the, at the map or anything. But even at that, like, I want to hold it so I can see it. Don't, I don't like people telling me, you know? No, you don't have to shake your head so hard. Okay. <laughs> Just let me hold it and let me do it myself. I don't want somebody telling me what to do. And I, I, I want to know where I'm going. Is that you too, Dad? The problem is, Dad usually passes up a turn or two on the way. And another problem is that I got that from you, and I do that too. You get talking. Some, it's, I, I've received this from my dad. It's, it was a gift, I guess. You get talking on the phone or the person next to you. Everything else disappears, and you just keep driving straight. You pass whatever turn that you were supposed to take. But this word called the invitation. He sent out the invitation through Christ. He says, I invited you into this family. I invited you to be a part of who I am, what I'm doing. And I'm going to give you the directions. And just like I am with like physical directions and physical driving the car, most every single one of us are with God, and we want to know exactly what's going to happen, and usually we want to go the direction that we want to go to get there. But in this invitation, there's a detour, not a bad detour, but he's calling us to get off of 
the map that we were headed on, the directions, the way that we were going, and he's asking us to go the way that he wants us to go. He says, will you, will you step out of that place of saying, this is how I want it, and this is what I want to do, and putting that whatever LinkedIn, I feel like people are going to be like, he doesn't like LinkedIn, but I'm just using it as a point. This is what I can do. This is what I've done. This is why you should like me. This is why you should want me to come work for you. Or come, this is why you should want me to do stuff for you. Saying, would you get out of that place of, of just focusing on how you can do it and understand that I'm the one that actually, actually created you and gave you the strength and the ability and has called you out and done all these things into you, in you, and that is the reason that you can do it anyways. And then we still try to, I say, like even as Christians, as God's people, he's given us the directions, right? We got directions, how to live, how to, you know, get where he wants us to go. And we still think that he's okay with us making pit stops of sin. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 17, it says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Why? Because you've been called out of that. You should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding dark and being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. I love this. It's like, listen, you should no longer, because you've been set apart, because you've been called, and God's done this work in you, you should no longer be living like those that are blinded. You know what it says in verse 20? But you have not so learned Christ. We, we like to say, oh yeah, that's a good scripture, until it's like, but that's not you. You aren't the one that's living right. I'm sure whenever these guys were reading his letter, they're like, ooh, yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be living like the Gentiles and all that stuff. And he's like, but you're not living like Christ, so you are living like the Gentiles. And what does he tell him in verse 30, they don't have this scripture, but he says, the bitterness, the anger, the clamor, the evil speaking, all this stuff that should have gone away from you when you came to know Christ, all this sinful behavior that should have been brought out of you by what he did in your life, it's still there. Do you understand that he set you apart? Don't go back and make those pit stops in sin. Yeah. 
But God has called us. 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have been called into fellowship. Now see, this isn't, this isn't like one of those fellowships like where we can do what we want. Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm finding those like-minded people, not the right kind of like-minded people but the wrong kind of like-minded people. The ones that are okay with the stuff that I do that God might not be okay with, but I'm going to find the Christians that are okay with it too so I can hang out with them. That's not the kind of fellowship we've been called to. We've been called to the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. What does that mean? That means... That it don't matter, no matter where you go, it, it shouldn't look like what we want it to look like. It should look like what he wants it to look like. Again, too many places looking like a sinful people want it to look. But when God calls us out, He doesn't call us out into what we want. He calls us into what He wants. He doesn't call us to live the way that we want. He calls us to live the way that He wants. To do the things that He wants us to do. I know it's hard for me. Like I said, I don't like people giving me directions or not knowing where I'm going, but I've had to resign myself to the fact that I may not know exactly what God is going to ask me to do tomorrow, but I'm going to accept it. Can we do that? Say, oh yeah, I can do that. What if he calls you to go as a missionary somewhere? What if he calls you? To do something that you said you would never do. Because usually we say that because that's what we're supposed to do. Right? I said, I will never get up in front of people and talk. I was sick on oral book report days. Every time. <laughs> that's the truth. But will we say yes when he gives us that direction? And that's what I want to get out of this. this. This thing of being called. We're called, set apart, brought into what he wants for us. But I, I want to see that he's initially brought us to this place with him. But he wants to take us places. But are we willing to follow his direction? And sometimes we don't understand that those, his, those little steps, those little yeses turn out to be the big yeses later on. 
They get you. Yeah, I want to have that big yes. You know, where, where I'm out there doing this big thing that, that, that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing with God. And he's like, but you didn't say yes the last three times to the little things that I wanted you to do. You just want to do the big things. Baby steps, Bob. Yeah. Anybody watch What About Bob? You got to take that, that little step. You know, and, and I always, I think I've shared this before, but I always, like when I was talking to my dad and thinking about what God wanted me to do, and I'm like, God, Dad, you know, like, I want God to just say, this is what you're supposed to do, and here's how you're supposed to do it. And he's like, that just doesn't happen all the time, or really most of the time. But what it ended up being was like a thousand little steps. Listening when he asked me to go this way, to do this thing. Listening when he told me to come back. Listening when he said that you need to step out in this area just a little bit to open yourself up to what I want to do in your life. And then I can lead you to the next thing. And then I can lead you to the next thing. And all of a sudden, you don't realize it at the time. I, I wanted to just shoot up there to that place. But those little steps, when you followed him where he's asked you to go, and now all of a sudden you're at a place that you wanted to be But you wanted to be there in two seconds, and he asked you to do it in two years, right? But he says, will you follow me? Because I've called you. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to go ahead and close. But I'm going to read this. I, I just... I feel this this urge just to say, I've got In Ephesians 5:14, it's a a quote. It says, Wake up, O sleeper. Right? And and this is, is geared toward those that don't know Christ yet. But, but I feel like what God is like pressing on me is that we need this spoken in the church to the Christians so that we can say it to those that don't know him yet. Because God's people need to wake up Wake up to who he is and what he's called them to. To stop sleeping. Saying, oh yeah, God's so good. And just falling asleep. And just getting carried. Listen, this is another bad quality of mine. Is the tendency to just be carried with whatever's happening. You know, just to go with the flow. Because my personality is more like a peacemaker, and I'm going to get into all that stuff. But 
to not be like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. My, my personality is more of the like, let's just make peace and let's all get along, right? But God said, that's not how I have called you to just go with the flow. That's not what I'm setting you apart for, to just lay around whenever there's people hurting. That's not what I have done these things for you for so that you can just sit there and say, yeah, I know God, but so that your life is changed so that others can know God. That something's happened so great in you that you have to help other people. So in Ephesians 5.14 it says, Awake you sleeper, or you who sleep. Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I feel like God is speaking that to the church, not just to our church, but to the church. Awake. Why is this stuff going on in our world? Yeah, there's evil in our world. Yeah, there's stuff that happens because we're a sinful world. We're a sinful people right? I'm the chief. But if the church would wake up and stop living how it wants to live and start living how he wants us to live, I'm not saying all of you are going to be missionaries, but I'm saying God's going to ask all of us to do things He's going to ask all of us to be a part. He's going to ask all of us to share who he is with those around us. He's going to ask all of us to change the world around us. That's every single one of us. Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. He wants to give you light so that you can give other people light. been too long of saying, oh, it's dark out there, and not going out there and bringing the light. I'm not hiding. My little light, I'm going to let it shine. In the church, yeah, you're going to let it shine in the church, but when do you go outside, how bright is that light shining? I don't, I don't mean to be like a, you know, it's like with kids. 
me all of my kids. I'm not saying this so strongly as like a angry discipline. This is like a strong encouragement, like a like a look who you are. Look who God's created you to be. He didn't call you. You know, like this family that you're a part of. And see, the thing is, is so many times we have this twisted view of family because in the natural, there's lots of mess in family. But think about someone who has this family name that, that means they are the people, right? And I hate to use this as like, but you know, like this, this name that holds, that holds weight. You know, I've, I like to watch these documentary movies and stuff. It's like, like the, the Reagans, the Bushes, the Kennedys, the, you know, all these different people that just had this, so many strong, like, people that did so many great things. And you're like, wow, that name, just to like be one of them, right? That's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing compared to the family that you've been called into. That's nothing. Because my father is the creator of the heavens and the earth. My father is the one who made all this stuff that you see around you. And when his people, when his kids see and say, that's my last name, and I'm going to stand up, not because it's my own strength, because he's given it to me, because he's my dad. But when we stand up and say, that is the name, that's the name I have. That's the name that's above all names. That's the name the demons flee to. Whenever his name is spoken, evil goes away. Whenever his name is spoken, bondages are broken. Whenever his name is spoken, things are healed. Whenever his name is spoken and his people rise up, Things change in a nation and in a city. When we understand who he is and what we've been called into. I'm a part of that family. I don't care about your natural little family names. I'm a part of his family. Father God, we thank you so much. Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.